another episode of Product Thinking. I'm Kyle Evans, and this week we are talking about killing features, the art of persisting versus ending features. So Twitter announced this past week it is killing fleets. That is after rolling out the feature to everyone just eight short months ago. For those unfamiliar, fleets were Twitter's take on stories which pretty much every social media platform have copied from Snapchat over the past few years. Stories or fleets or whatever the flavor you call them are an ephemeral post that disappears after a period of time, usually about 24 hours. As we've discussed on Product by Design, my other podcast, uh, and you can check out the link for that, Uh, In the show notes or in this week's newsletter, stories make a lot of sense in certain contexts. Uh, I happen to think that Twitter was one of those contexts. They make less sense to me in other contexts or other social media platforms, looking at you, LinkedIn. Regardless, Twitter has decided to axe the format on its platform, and it had given fleets special prominence at the very top of the feed. So it will be going away in a few weeks. So how do you decide if killing a feature is the right move? Well, first you have to think about your stated goal. Are you achieving what you set out to do? Uh, That's why having a stated goal is so crucial and why I'm a fan of frameworks like OKRs to give you a way to set goals and measure success. I've written about OKRs in a couple different posts and articles, and you can find the links to some of those in this week's newsletter again. Uh, According to Ilya Brown, VP of product over at Twitter, uh, said in a post, uh, quote, we hoped fleets would help more people feel comfortable joining the conversation on Twitter. But In the time since we introduced fleets to everyone, we haven't seen an increase in the number of new people joining the conversation with fleets like we hoped. So it's a difficult problem Twitter is trying to solve, and a laudable one. According to Pew Research, Twitter is not representative of the broader population, something easy to forget for those of us who use it often. Uh, Not only that, but the majority of tweets come from a small minority of users. Uh, So most Twitter users engage very modestly. Uh, The 10% who tweet most often uh, tweet very, very often uh, and are much, uh, so it's a very, very small minority who are dominating the platform. So Twitter has this goal to get more people involved in the conversation. And the goal with stories or fleets, as they called it, was to do just that. But over the eight months that they had it available, the data didn't prove out that hypothesis. More people didn't get involved in the conversation. I obviously haven't seen the exact data, but I assume that they likely saw the super users taking advantage of fleets while normal users weren't. So the people who were tweeting the most often using the platform the most frequently uh, were probably using 
fleets even more frequently. Uh, I've heard that you know fleets were used to promote uh, other tweets. So it probably even furthered the divide rather than narrowed it, especially given the prime real estate of fleets at the very top of the feed. So they also mentioned that the usage of fleets wasn't high enough. I don't know what benchmarks they were using or what expectations they had, but clearly they had probably set some sort of expectation at the beginning and their goals had not been met. Uh, So again, that's why it's so important to have goals at the beginning and then revisit them and understand how a feature is performing according to those goals. So next, how much time do you allow a feature or a product to find its fit? Was eight months enough time? That's a difficult question. So according to The Verge, in an article they wrote about Twitter uh, sunsetting fleets, they believe that it was sudden and feel like it was a very short time. And it's hard to disagree that eight months is a very, very short time. How long should you persist with a feature or an experiment before giving up? On the one hand, give up too early and you risk missing out on a winning product or solution for your users and your company. If you stick with it long enough and gain traction and adoption, then it may be a huge difference maker for you and your users. On the other hand, you may not have a winner at all, and sticking with something may be just throwing good money after bad. Just because you've invested in something doesn't mean you should stick with it, especially since there is a cost associated with maintaining features, as well as the opportunity cost of having a team devoted to a feature when they could be working on something else. So as you can see, there isn't a clear answer and there aren't ever perfectly clear answers. There isn't a science behind sticking with a feature versus killing it. There isn't a a formula or definitive playbook for this, which is why it's so difficult, which is why product in general is so difficult and why it is far more art than science. In Twitter's case, fleets weren't driving the results they were hoping for. While another feature copied from another company has been driving those exact results, namely spaces. While stories from Snapchat may not have worked out right now, Clubhouse rooms have clearly been a hit. And it looks like Twitter is going all in on spaces. Uh, Spaces offer some of the same solutions that fleets do. Namely, they are also ephemeral in nature, but they're also different. They bring in an audio component, which is a different medium than Twitter has offered. They also offer the ability for creators to do different forms of monetization and interactions that weren't available before. So a very, very interesting feature component uh, to Twitter. So to kill or to shelf. So do you completely kill a feature or do you put it on a back burner and let it ride? You know, Twitter in this case decided to kill off the feature. This is certainly the cleanest way to do it. No code to maintain or bugs to mess around with, but also no chance that your users will continue to adopt it or find interesting ways to use it. Uh, I've done this as well. When a feature wasn't working, we've killed it. 
it's a very, very hard decision, especially when so much work has gone into it. It's easy to get caught up in the sunk cost fallacy. On the other hand, we've also let features ride, even when we're not adding to them or actively developing them. Just because it's not actively being developed doesn't mean it's not adding value to users and to the business. And we can always come back to decide if we want to invest or to kill it at some point in the future. Uh, We've done this as well and are doing this right now. I look regularly at our features, especially ones we aren't actively developing. Some of them have taken on new life for some of our users, and we revisit them to decide if we should continue to maintain, if we should invest, or if we need to look at sunsetting them. Uh, And others, we actively decide if we need to, again, pull completely from the code, which is something that we regularly do. We regularly clean out features and pull them from the code base. So don't let anyone tell you it's all or nothing, that you have to develop it or kill it. It's rarely so black and white in my experience, maybe in theory, but in practice and out here in the real world, there is a lot of gray area. And that's where we live as product teams and product managers and designers. So right or wrong, is Twitter right or wrong to kill fleets? Uh, Without all the information, it's definitely hard to say. It's always sad to see interesting features bite the dust. Uh, When it's in favor of better things, I think we can get on board. The risk is when companies go the way of Google and build things only to kill them in a few months much to the dismay of all of us who use them. And then we stop trusting anything that you do. Looking at you, Google, who constantly build an experiment only to kill almost everything at some point. Uh, Experiments are fine, but if everything is an experiment you're going to kill, then something is wrong and you lose trust very, very quickly. So that is... Killing features, persisting versus ending the products and features that we're developing. Again, you can check out this week's newsletter at productthinking.cc. It also has a couple other links in there. Uh, Creating the Future of Work, another good article. Uh, You know I'm a fan of reimagining how we work. And this article is a long read about just that. I'll quote from it. The idea that everything stays the same, except for a few changes around the edges, caused every incumbent to lose in the face of step function change. The ideas in this essay might not be the best experiments to run, and the suggestions might even sound ridiculous, but whatever you do next, make sure you change a lot because employees, customers, and shareholders are all changing. Uh, Definitely agree. We are creating the future of work right now, and it isn't just a few changes around the edges. Uh, Another article or another podcast, uh, Managing Burnout in a Design and Product Career, a conversation with Kareem Woolman. This was a podcast we did over on Product by Design. Burnout is a chronic workplace stress that hasn't been successfully managed and is becoming more and more common. Uh, But what can we do about it? 
So Eva and I talked with Kreen Molman about her experience. She is a designer from South Africa. Uh, we talked about the predictors of burnout, what we need to overcome and avoid burnout, and also some tips and tricks along with uh, just some fun conversation. Conversation. So check out that podcast. And finally, another article, AI designs quantum physics experiments beyond what any human has conceived. Uh, this is my kind of science or science fiction, uh, artificial intelligence pushing the boundaries in areas that we couldn't even conceive, uh, designing experiments. Originally built to speed up calculations, a machine learning system is now making shocking progress at the frontiers of experimental quantum physics. Fascinating stuff. So check out that article. Check out, again, the rest of Product Thinking over at productthinking.cc. Subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, you can do that there. Um, free newsletter, or you can sign up for the paid version if you want to uh, support what uh, I'm doing. Uh, you can also leave a tip. Link for that in the show notes. And follow me on social media at Kyle Larry Evans. And I will talk to you next time.